Natalie. Jeff, we're back. We're back for episode six. With Sam and Joe of Box Cutter Collective. That's amazing. I, it, was a, it was a wonderful interview. It was so much fun. They cracked us up. I don't know if we've ever laughed so hard on an episode before. <laughs> it's so, that's so much fun, just sitting in their kitchen. Sitting in their kitchen, their beautiful kitchen in Bed-Stuy with their cats and all their characters. And then we have everything else that we do, too. We're going to have a couple of uh, Jalopy Records songs. We are. This time I thought maybe we'd feature some recordings from the 4th Annual Brooklyn Folk Festival since we just launched tickets for the 15th later this year. That's November? It's November. November 10th, 11th, and 12th. It's right around the corner, then. It's right around the (laughs) corner. We get very excited about these things here at Jalopy, as you can tell. Yes. I just see the enormous amount of work off in the horizon. Oh my gosh! But uh, and yeah, and then we got Wyndham at the end, and so I guess uh, we're ready for Sam and Joe. Here we go. It's the Jalopy Corn Dog Hour with your hosts Natalie Jordan and Jeff Wood, recorded right here at the fabulous Jalopy Theater and School of Music in Red Hook, Brooklyn. So. Without further ado, here we go!
Great song. Great song. I love that one. Well, you just heard the Brain Cloud do a song called Comes Love. You can really hear Tamara on that one. I just love her voice. She's got a beautiful record coming out on Jalopy Records sometime soon, recorded right here in the theater with Kyle Morgan. And what do we have coming up next? Well, we're uh, right into our interview with Sam Wilson and Joe Therian. It's, uh, I, I loved this interview. It was so much fun. So much fun. We hope you all enjoy it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's just get right to it. What are we going to talk about? So here we are in uh, Sam and Joe's kitchen. I'm with Joe Theron and Sam Wilson. They are part of the Box Cutter Collective and some of the greatest friends that Jalopy has. Hello, folks. Thanks hello, for having us. Hello. hello Thanks hello. for coming over. Lovely to have you. Mm-hmm. It's like the it is the first day of spring, isn't it? Or was that first last full day? day. <laughs> first full day of spring. Oh, it's beautiful out. The sun is shining. We're in your lovely kitchen. We had some bread. <laughs> Delicious bread. <laughs> And I just wanted to, if you, I was hoping you guys would introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about each of you. Après oh. <laughs> vous. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm Sam Wilson, and uh, I was born and raised in Buffalo, New York. Great place. And then she's a Buffalo girl. I'm a Buffalo girl. Gal? I'm a Buffalonian. Gal or girl. I think, well, my dad would say gal. Yeah. I would say Buffalonian. <laughs> uh, and then I moved to New York City. And then uh, one of the greatest parts of my life has been tending bar. And I did that at a couple of great places, including Lucy's in the East Village and Starbar and Jalopy Tavern. And how long did you work there? From the time they opened at the tavern <laughs> until maybe a year ago, but I am actually still uh, a bartender there. I just don't have a shift. You were there New Year's Eve, wasn't it? There you go. Time? There you go. Yes. So, She's a current employee. so I've been there since they opened till now. Excellent. So that's like 12 years. Is it? I knew that I we just had our anniversary. 
Because our anniversary might also collide with the anniversary of the pandemic, but years earlier. Is that true? There was a whole discussion about this. Oh, we the did. anniversary of the tavern. We opened on uh, uh, St. Patrick's Day. So that would be the 17th. That, yeah. That's right, what, yeah. four days off of the beginning of the pandemic. Right. That's what I said. Other people yeah. tried to claim that it was... No. The, that... that that the beginning of the pandemic was March 18th, but I think it was March 12th or 13th. 13th. That's what I, th- I think. Yeah. Because that's you know, when the theaters closed down. It's fuzzy. Because the boys had their birthday. Yeah. And we had their birthday at the theater. And it was that evening that all the theaters closed down. Yep. And that things really just... And that Monday, the schools closed. Mm-hmm. But at any rate. So 12 years, the tavern. Something like that. Just turned 12. Or 13. I'm really bad at math. (laughs) (laughs) Well. I'm bad at remembering dates and times. and The way that you remember that, well, the the address of the tavern is 317. Uh Aha. Remember, it happened to have opened that day. Uh Uh-huh. Gary, of all people, pointed that out to me many years later. That's awesome. Wow, you're right, Gary. (laughs) That's awesome. I never noticed that before. (laughs) said, yeah, that's right, Mr. Jeffries. Hey, I noticed? Yeah. (laughs) Gary, he's he's fantastic. <laughs> One more. Yeah. yeah. And then, so what do you do here in New York City besides oh, yeah. bartending and, and now, all the other things? And now I'm um and now we have a collective called the Box Cutter Collective, which takes up a lot of our uh, time and energy. And some would say it is our only life, it is our only friends, and it is our only family. <laughs> I'm not going to name names of who would say that, but they might say that. And sometimes I might think that might be true. And I'm not sure who to blame. (laughs) There's always someone to blame. (laughs) Peter Schumann. Yeah, that's probably it. So uh, you were part of... um, Well, tell me a little bit about Peter Schumann. Because you came through that whole... Are you still going? I know, to but we're summer? still on my intro. What about well, Joe's intro? Oh, this is no, still oh, my intro. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, I have been a member of Bread and Puppet longer than Joe, so that makes sense that it be in my intro. <laughs> um, <laughs> right, Bread and Puppet Theater. We all met. At How the... long were you a member of the Resident Company? Well, <laughs> I never joined the Resident Company. Oh, I forgot. Which is I... why I was able to hang in there a little longer. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> than some. Right, right. I forgot. <laughs> We're going to have to edit some of that out. Um, Yeah. Bread and Puppet. We all met at Bread and Puppet at different times. And Jason, who I quoted earlier, who was quoting Hair with Let Your Freak Flag Fly. Jason Hicks was, I met him at Bread and Puppet um, like 15 or 20 years ago even. A long time ago. He was the first one. And uh, he and I and Joe and Tom started the box cutter collective and now it includes many other great people and 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 we're the theater in residence at the jalopy theater that's exciting joe tell us about yourself please well my name is joe therian i am i got that wrong it's therian therian like theremin but therian therian okay it's okay i said theron sorry that's all right that's it it, it's one of the Common mispronunciations. Um, I'm a puppeteer. Um, I've I, I studied puppetry in grad school. After being exposed to it in, in undergrad, I went to UConn as an acting major. 
as an undergraduate, and they have one of the country's only puppetry programs, which I sort of stumbled onto uh, fantastically in my younger years, and I took a bunch of classes and then decided to go back and get a, a graduate degree in puppetry um, because of the firm financial investment in myself I was making. Pause for laughter. Um, but no, it was, it was great. I, I totally immersed myself for three years, and then I came back to New York after grad school and uh, Occupy Wall Street happened like within a month of me getting back. So I, I went down to Zuccotti Park and plugged into the arts council there and started making giant puppets because that's what one does. And by making giant puppets at protests in New York, I started getting identified as Bread and Puppet Theater, which I had to tell many, many people, no, no, I'm not Bread and Puppet. I'm inspired by them, but, but I am not Bread and Puppet Theater. But I ran into a million bread and puppeteers like Sam and Jason Hicks and other people. And eventually that led led to me visiting the farm and ultimately joining Bread and Puppet full time for, for a year, a little over a year. Um, but eventually I made my way back to New York and um, found some amazing collaborators here. Eventually found the Jalopy Theater, which has been an, an amazing, amazing venue, an amazing creative home. Um, and now, yeah, now Box Cutter Collective takes up about, I'd say, 85% of my waking life, which is pretty good. I'd say, you know, I'd be happier with maybe 80, 80 81%, but... <laughs> it's taking up like 95% of mine, so if I think maybe we should think about redistributing some of the responsibilities. Okay. But you can do the Instagram can... now, then. Okay. <laughs> Actually, I have a story about how I found Jalopy Theater, which involves all of these things. That's what I was going. That was but going you, to literally I don't know be if my you, next question. Okay, well, like, I found Jalopy Theater because, okay, well, I was uh, a regular, recurring, not resident company, but company member of Bread and Puppet on tours and in the summers, and working with Bread and Puppet a lot. Really loved them, and then at some point. Uh, a group of most of the resident company at the time and I and maybe a couple other people. Yeah, a couple other people who were no longer part of the resident company were like, we're going to make a bread and puppet show with Peter Schumann and take it on tour, even though we're not the resident company. So we're going to do it in the month that the puppeteers have off because we're going to steal Greg from the resident company. And uh, we did a version of the Dirt Cheap Opera, which was a version of Breck's Three Penny Opera that... Peter had made and done before. And we used the December run at Theater for the New City, and we rehearsed during the days, and our, like, other alternate company got together this show, and then um, some folks in the company who now have their own amazing puppet theater called Modern Times in Vermont, um, they had a bus and it was like a veggie oil bus, but it was like a short bus. And like Bread and Puppet has the big bus. They had the short bus. They had just left the company. I remember the bus. We, I, went, I went on the bus and had some bread, I think, with you guys. Probably. It I was we. So we like booked our own Bread and Puppet tour, but we were Bread and Puppet. It was just a little funny because it's not really how things were done touring for Bread and Puppet at that time. And then we booked the short tour of... Um, the Dirt Cheap Opera, and in New York, we booked the Jalopy, and the Jalopy would have just opened, not that, well, a couple years before. This was in the winter of 2008, We I think. Yeah, we started 2006, I think. Okay, so it was like two years in, 
and I had not been there before. I did know some musicians that knew it, and they came to our show there. And we, I think it might have been one of the first shows on the tour because we started in New York. I think it actually might have been January because I think we played Rubulad. We played a New Year's party at Rubulad where we did an excerpt from Three Penny Opera, and somebody threw up on our puppets. Oh no! And good lord, Jason thought it was really cool. Um, <laughs> the whole thing was weird. It was great. And then we like got in the bus and we drove from Bedsty to I think I had barely been to Red Hook, and we got stuck going around that little circle. But there were like food vendors and uh, trucks there, and we were like, oh, maybe we can get oil for the bus. And then we finally made it around that entrance to the tunnel and found the jalopy. Yeah. And then we went there, and it was like the first stop on tour. So I don't know if we were sleeping still at my apartment, all of us in one room, um, which we used to call the room bed. Uh, <laughs> Like maybe that night and then left for the, for to go south um, later. But we did that show and we all fell in love with the jalopy. It was totally great. It was probably rough because it was probably one of our first shows. And I remember even though we weren't really on tour, we were already living that tour life because we had to cook dinner at the theater. Now you might think since I live in Brooklyn and we're clearly coming from my house. Why did it have to go that way? But when you're on Bread and Puppet Tour, you have to cook and prepare food and eat it. And so you guys had your apartment and you still had uh, Pirate, I oh, think. Yeah. And I remember somebody let us into your kitchen and we like cooked in your kitchen <laughs> so that we that. could eat food. And then we did the show and I bought Lily a t-shirt. From Jalopy. We nice. were like all jazzed that it was the new place we we're going to hang out. And then we like went on tour. And I remember then, Justin telling... I wasn't uh, I wasn't at, on that tour, but um, I was not working with Bread and Puppet yet. I hadn't met you yet. But I remember Justin always describing the sink in the bathroom at the Jalopy. He's, oh, he's yeah. described He's like, have you seen the sink? Because <laughs> we walked in and we were just like, this place is for us. <laughs> but we're still in Brooklyn, but we're also on tour. <laughs> Yeah, the sink. He was like, did you see the sink? Because that's totally something he would have built. Yeah. It's a wooden sink. Yeah. I, I also had uh, designs for a wooden toilet, Ooh. but my smart my wife would not let me do that. <laughs> she said, I'm okay with the sink, but that's completely screwy that you would want to make a toilet. <laughs> There's got to be something wildly unsanitary about that. I still think that I could easily make a good working toilet out of wood. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's so... Well, it is a hand-built place, and people that like such things, it, it, it gives it a certain feeling. It doesn't feel like... Well, because nothing's bought from a store. It's all handmade. The tour was not cut short, but almost cut short because we did get a cease and desist order because we were, in fact, doing a, a Brecht vial play without owning the rights. But luckily, one of those families is married into the Schumann family. So we oh. and I was babysitting their kids at the time. So we called in some favors, and we were allowed to finish our tour, but not like publicize anything. And of course, we did not make a single cent doing any of it. So somehow it all worked out. I think that the family who we were friends with actually paid off the other family for us. Probably the, more the money than we ever made. Probably more money than we ever made on the tour. Uh, and maybe still not that much, but yeah. 
and it was a great show, and we loved Jalopy. And then I vowed to find it and go back there. And then it wasn't until several years later when I would end up bartending there. But first, I hung out there and drank a lot of wine. And Dormina <laughs> saw that I was of the quality, the caliber, and had the ability when the tavern opened to be a bartender there. <laughs> I, I certainly remember when your name came up when we were talking about bartenders. And I, I don't think that I really knew your name. I knew who you were, because we had actually been on stage together. Do you remember? Wait, oh, before I start, oh, when we did the, um, yeah. In the city, in that crazy theater that looks like a, that's from here. The Space 1999 in the front. Here, for Banners and Cranks. Yeah. It was Banners and Cranks Festival that Claire organized it here. Yeah, and the Whiskey Spitters. Yeah. Played with and you, uh, we like before and after you were doing a solo thing. I knew Chloe and I knew that I needed, um, which is kind of weird because I don't sing and I'm not musical, but I made a show that involved me having to sing. (laughs) And you guys played Hallelujah, I'm a Bum for my Hallelujah, I'm a Bum show. Yeah. And I'm not sure how it went. I mean, I felt like it went relatively well, considering it was like one of the first shows I'd done like that, and I shouldn't sing, and I did, but somehow I think it worked out. Although I'm pretty sure you guys had to adjust to whatever I was, I don't, I mean, (laughs) I think somebody at some point, that was probably the first time I heard the mention of like that there's keys that you sing in, (laughs) which I still don't totally understand, but that might have been the first time somebody asked me, and I was like, that's something I would know (laughs) if I were going to do this. Well, that was a very malleable band. Yeah. A lot of good players, and yeah, I'm sure we worked it out quite quickly. Was who was in, it? Was Chloe and you and Ernie Vega, Jackson Lynch, yeah, and uh, uh, Luis uh, Betancourt. <gasps> yeah. yeah, yeah. Before I that knew all those band. guys. It's funny though the tendrils of folk art because that story just makes me think. One here, I mean, we were just there seeing this amazing puppet show a couple days ago. That's still a thriving, weird little. Under the sort of under the radar place, keeping theater alive, and also Hallelujah, I'm a Bum was one of the last songs I sang with Elka Schumann before she passed. Mm. When we had oh, that wow. wonderful, we had a um, Eli Smith from Jalopy Records and a, a bunch of amazing things um, visited us at Bread and Puppet, and we said you have to meet Elka. And, and Talia bring, was with us. And too. Talia too. As we said, bring your banjo, and we were just playing protest songs around their kitchen table. But Hallelujah, I'm a Bum was definitely. Definitely sung around that table, as was Dolly Parton's Nine to Five, <laughs> which Elka knew all the all the words to the chorus because we were lamenting how there's no you know the contemporary protest song doesn't really exist, and we came up with Nine to Five as being kind of the most recent, very clear. This is the working man against the the big man, and um, yeah, that's funny. All that uh, the web the web is just very strong between like jalopy and other other parts of my life that are seemingly unrelated and then you find there's seven layers that it's actually actually connects the two because that's how folk art works how did you first come to jalopy joe i blame sam i'm sure i think probably i know when i was courting you the only you don't have a cell phone but i knew when you were working i could call the bar um, so I had the landline numbers to Lucy's and, uh, you weren't working at Starbar yet, but Lucy's and Jalopy and I knew your schedule. So I would be on tour and know I could call you at the bar and harass you for a while. I'd usually call and order. Oh yeah. You used to always call and order things that we didn't have on the menu. Like yeah. For delivery. Or, yeah. Um, yeah. And we don't deliver either. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then I, yeah, I don't, 
first, I don't remember the first time I went. It was just such a part of my New York experience now. Was I, I probably maybe a Roots and Ruckus or something, or maybe just coming to see you at the tavern. And then you started babysitting yes. for my boys when they were quite young. Mm-hmm. That was pretty great. I think you asked Sam originally, and she was like, I hell I no. think it was New Year's, it was a New Year's Day, and there was no one in the tavern but us. I think I yeah. was working New Year's Day, which isn't a very uh, busy day at a bar. No. And it was like just us and maybe somebody else. And then you were like, oh, yeah, well, we might need, you know, someone to do, to watch the kids sometimes. And I was like, oh, that's not me. But I know who would be really good at it. That's exactly what you said. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was really, I was thinking of, besides your amazing personality and your upbeat nature, that you to someone that was you know good at building and making puppets and things like that, and that's what I was wanting the boys to be exposed to. And we ended up getting Joe, and he he did like one or once or twice a week for a while, yeah, quite a while, yeah, yeah. That was a blast. That was a blast. You were there that uh, the day that uh, Tigger <laughs> attacked oh, the man. light fixture. <laughs> oh gosh! Oh, oh man. yes. He's still got a nice scar on the oh, side yeah. right here. Oh my gosh! It was so funny when you called me on the phone. <laughs> yeah. He said, "We're having a, a problem <laughs> up here, and I, I really think that you need to come up here." Uh-huh. Um, and then you said, said later that you had considered, "Should I call Lynette? Uh-huh. Or should I call Jeff?" I think I'm going to call Jeff. Let's try to keep this uh, (laughs) sort of calm down before we find out what's going on. Yeah, that was quite a cut. Yes. Oh, boy. That was exciting. He still blames Tigger for that. (laughs) But didn't Tigger actually, like... That was was how I got... Because he was was just so hysterical, you know, and I I was just trying to get him to, to, you know, be a little calmer. And at some point I was like, well, it wasn't your fault. It was... It was Tigger's, and then he just stopped and looked at me and was like, yeah, it was Tigger's fault. <laughs> Wait, for me and for some of the folks listening who don't know this story, oh, what happened? He, oh, please. Sure, you well, there, I, I, wasn't was, even there. I was there when we were, um, we're all playing with our own Legos, I believe. We all had our own little Lego set up, and we're just working independently, and and Owen had Tigger hanging out with him. And, you know, they might have been... I think at some point I had showed them... There was a Winnie the Pooh show. They were really into Winnie the Pooh. There was a Winnie the Pooh show when I was a little kid that I remember being so weird and slow, like shows used to be for little kids. Yeah. So I had shown them some of that, and it was like the slowest, like, <laughs> Winnie the Pooh slow motion, like, oh, Tigger. And then, like, <laughs> silence for 10 seconds. Very trippy than when you watch it now. And they were just kind of watching it. They loved it, but it was very different than, like, Paw Patrol or, you know, the yeah. other, other high-action cartoons. So we were in the, in the Winnie the Pooh thing. Anyway, he had Tigger, and then I, like, snapped a Lego into place and then just heard smash and looked and there was just this beautiful light fixture in the living room was in 10,000 pieces across the entire living room and the three of us were just like in the middle of it all and none of it had well actually some of it had fallen on Owen but me yeah the the rest of us were just like okay uh, what do we do and I was just like do not move and then immediately Owen ran out of the room and I was like (laughs) okay It's gonna be okay. So anyway, it was it was this sort of like fifties, like it was a cool life picture. Twenties, twenties. It was bigger like, than a basketball. It was really nice. And but the glass was part part of it was easily a quarter of an inch yeah. or more thick. And Tigger had just yeah. you know leapt up into the air and brought it crashing down. Yeah, but 
It all ended up being okay. <laughs> and I've told the story many times. <laughs> a, a big hunk of it went right past Owen's oh, eye. Yeah. Because he was cut on his cheek below his eye and a little above into his eyebrow. So, And then he had a, a pretty good one on the side of his face beside his eye. So a big hunk of that oh. thing went right by his eye. Um, we really dodged a bullet on that one. I was, I wouldn't have thought that thing would have fallen down that way by just getting hit by Tigger. Yeah. But that's obviously not a well-made <laughs> light fixture. But yeah, he'll have that one to remember. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I remember coming to Roots and Ruckus early on. I remember seeing Feral play, Feral Foster play and being blown away. But I mostly remember calling the bar... And ordering <laughs> inane things, uh, and talking when the bar was slow, and then yeah, and then I it must it must have been Roots and Ruckus that brought me to the theater side initially. What else did I see early on? I'm only remembering Feral Foster, but I'm sure I saw other things. Oh, I remember seeing the, the Deslins came through from New Orleans, mm. and I saw them, and that was kind of a mind-blowing show. Yeah, those guys are great. Yeah. And they, they yeah, they they played one song, and I asked them, like, what the hell song was that? Is that yours? And they said, no, no, it's a, it's our friend's band, The Good Gollies. And I, like, immediately started Googling The Good Gollies, who there was no internet. It was, like, the barest internet trace of them. And then, like, a year later, I went down to New Orleans and was staying with my friend, Matt Bell, and... I said, I know it's crazy there's a million bands in this town, but do you happen to know this obscure band called The Good Gollies? And he looked at me and said, yes, I played slide guitar on their last album. And I'm going to their rehearsal right now, two blocks away, in like 20 minutes. Do you want to come? And I was like, well, yeah. And I, oh, and I went and got to hear that song live several times down there. Um, so yeah, the Deslins, Roots and Ruckus. Um, but then you guys started doing... Yeah. Puppetry at our place. Yeah, well, we uh, initially it was Tom and I, um, before before the Boxcutter Collective proper formed, Tom and I had just started to push really hard with puppetry because we just had all these weird ideas and just decided let's just do all the puppetry that enters our brain. And we were, we did a monthly, or we did a weekly rather at Star Bar for one month. We had this weird episodic show and we were like, let's just push ourselves and make a new show once a week. And see what that's like, and it was totally crazy. This house would just be a bomb for the whole for the whole month. It was just like kind of destroyed while we were making this puppet show. And we did the month there and finished. And we're like, what do we do now? I'm like, well, let's let's take an episode to Jalopy. So somehow through Sam, we we booked one show at Jalopy. And yeah, I, somehow through me. That's why it was at Star Bar too. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's true. But it was <laughs> before the Box Cutter Collective, and I wasn't in those shows. It's true. And. Yeah. But then, but then we performed one show at, at Jalopy, and I remember after having a lovely conversation with you and Lynette, and you were both just like, "Do you want to do more? Do you want to do more? Do you want to do a monthly here?" I think you offered us a monthly right away, and we said yes, and that <laughs> that sort of propelled us forward. The monthly doing a, the monthly show, we did a lot of great shows in that weird monthly series. How long did you do that monthly for? Like, a, I mean, we took a break. For Bread and Puppet here and there, but I feel like it was about a year. We no. We did like, we definitely did it past the new year. We did a bunch of shows. I don't know. I don't know how many exactly, but I, if I had to guess, I'd say like eight, maybe eight months worth in that first run. Because we would alternate. We'd do Everything is Fine episodes, which is what we had been doing at Star Bar every other episode. And then we'd 
do a different one in the months in between. And that's when Caveman and, Ballet yeah. happened. And that's and when Bing... Caveman Ballet, bing I must say, was <laughs> totally brilliant. I loved that show. Well, thanks, Thanks for mentioning it, because it's actually going to come back. It's on, the, it's on the roster of things to revisit, because it seems so timely. It's it's ready for its like next version. Incarnation, yeah. yeah. So then how, we'll does, the, how does the box cutter get put together then? Okay, well, I want to backtrack and say, even though... The Grizzly Boys, as they might have been called at the time. It's true. Deep Tom cut. and I were called um, the Grizzly Boys. Were, you know, thriving doing these shows that I booked while I was bartending. Um, I actually did a show at the Jalopy before I started. I think before, I, I don't know if I was already bartending at the Tavern or not, but the Police State Cabaret oh, went on tour. Oh. And we, I don't know if I was bartending yet, but I knew you, so I must have been. But I must have just started. This would have been like in the beginning of the tavern. And we went on tour, and it was me, and it was Jason, um, and then Fede, and then the fourth person rotated. For one tour, it was Greg, and for one, it was Lindsay mm. McCaw. And so I'm not sure. It was Greg that came to the this New York show. What is Jason's last name and the other Hicks. people's last name? Jason Hicks, Federica Colina, and uh, Greg Colina, Corbino, and Greg Corbino, and Lindsay McCaw. Lindsay McCaw, and America's um, National Treasure. Yes, and we did this show called the Police State Cabaret, which was like a small tour that we booked. So this was pre-box cutter, also, and we did it in the backyard of the tavern. Oh yeah, I remember that. And, uh, and that was before we had met. You also did it at the Tip Top Bar. But you came to that one. I came no, to the tip -top I don't one. know if you you came to that one. The Tip Top. Okay. One, yeah. Um, was which was another bar that I also though. worked at where I would also book shows when I was working. But, um, yeah, that show. And at that show, you gave me, it was before you had your kids, and you gave me this awesome chalkboard that you found when you were cleaning, which I had and forever until very recently. And I was like, this is going to be the chalkboard where we say show times and stuff. And then I took it to go bring it on tour for some shows we did outside, and it went missing. Mm. recently but i always think of you with that chalkboard because i held on to it forever and everyone was always like what you need this chalkboard and in my mind i was like yes for yes. when i go on tour so you can tell people when to come back for the outdoor show and then i finally got to do an outdoor show and it wasn't there but yeah it was the police state cabaret but it's funny that police state cabaret was i mean i knew you a little bit maybe but we i hadn't worked with bread and puppet at all yet i was doing a lot of stuff with the occupy wall street um the what became the people's puppets um and we had one of we heard about the show it was going to happen at tip top so we had a meeting at the bar and then saw the show and i just remember thinking oh my god this is so much cooler than what we're doing um oh, wow. and and tom also tom saw that show i think at the tip i think he saw the tip top show maybe oh, he saw the we jalopy didn't know one tom, we didn't yeah. know tom at all tom just stumbled onto that show right. and he was just like what who, who what is this what is this and he didn't meet us again for that was in what year? Yeah, I don't know. That was like a long time ago. It what would is, have been around something because the well, he didn't meet us till a couple state. years later. And when he went to Bread and Puppet, I was like, "Wait, these are all the people I saw at that show in, a couple years ago in Brooklyn." What is Tom's last name too? Uh, Tom Cunningham. Yeah, I don't think that came out. Yeah. Oh yeah, Tom Cunningham. I don't know if it was that show or another show at the Tip Top, but something in that yeah that Tom saw, but something in that puppet world. Yeah. Of those kinds of things, and so that was all before we met at Bread and Puppet. But there are all these like circlebacks because also the Hallelujah I'm a Bum show I performed at Occupy Wall Street, but I didn't know you yet. But also I didn't really know Jackson and them, but they were also down there playing all the time. 
and Tom was also down there and we just all didn't quite run into each other. And Jason and I were living together and then at Bread and Puppet we finally met and then Tom and Joe, or yeah, Tom and Joe were doing puppet shows and then did all that stuff at Jalopy and Jason and I started doing some stuff again because I took a long time out. Jason and, then, and I were doing weasel shows. We did. We had some shows we had made together. And you did weasel at Jalopy for sure, but maybe that's yeah. after Box Cutter. Yeah. Weasel's been all over. All right. That was part one. Just the first part of our interview with Sam and Joe. What a pleasure. What a pleasure. I could have listened to those two forever. Yeah. They're such good talkers <laughs> and uh, so well-spoken. What, what We have a song coming up, don't we? We do. Uh, right now we're going to hear from Alice Gerard and Beverly Smith doing a tune called Brown's Dream. I love this one. This was from about 11 years ago at the Brooklyn Folk Festival. Wow. That seems like yesterday. <laughs> Here we go. so lovely. That was Alice Gerard and Beverly Smith at the fourth annual Brooklyn Folk Festival. That was just a pleasure. Well, here we've come to the end of our episode and we have one more thing. We have Wyndham Baird playing uh, Woody Guthrie's Pastures of Plenty. See you on the next episode, Natalie. Thank you all for listening.
It's a mighty hard road that my poor hands have hold. My poor feet have traveled a hot, dusty road. It's out of your dust storms and westward we roll, and your deserts was hot and your mountains was cold. I worked in your orchards of peaches and prunes Slept on the ground in the light of your moons On the edge of your cities you'll see us And then we come with the dust and we go with the wind California and Arizona, I make all your crops Then it's north into Oregon to gather your hops Dig the beets from your ground, cut the grapes from your vine To set on your table your light sparkling wine Pastures of plenty from dry desert ground From that grand coulee dam where the water runs down Every state in this union us migrants have been We'll work in this fight and we'll fight till we win It's always we've rambled that river and I All along your green valley I'll work till I die My land I'll defend with my life if it be Cause my pastures of plenty must always be free the end of the Jalopy Corndog Hour with Natalie Jordan and Jeff Wood. Can't thank you enough for listening. So from all of us at the Jalopy Theater and School of Music, if you're not out there loving each other, you best get to it. So long! <laughs>